Put your hands together. 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 Get ready to clap. Your hands together. Put your hands together. going okay yay hi how are you guys doing thank you so much keep it going for me uh i'm famous so oh you guys are so you guys are acting accordingly thank you um i'm the guy from workaholics so oh i'm sorry oh god you guys need to hear my catchphrase from the hit show workahol okay here we go I'm addicted to work. Okay, thank you. Um, I'm not Cameron or Rhea. I don't know if you noticed that either, but deal with it. Um, They are off being more successful than me somewhere, so congratulations to them. Um, They are a successful, you know, married lesbian couple. I am an unsuccessful bisexual woman who watched Hoarders all day. So... (laughs) That's what's going on with me. Um, <laughs> you guys hear about, you guys watch Hoarders? Yeah, classic. Um, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Have uh, you guys watched the new, the new show, Hors d'oeuvres? It's a, huh? It's about people who, uh, who uh, hoard hors d'oeuvres. <laughs> Shit's crazy, you guys. Uh, like, you know, you've ever heard that term, like, I wouldn't throw him out of bed for eating crackers. Well, his bed's made of crackers. <laughs> and he's wrapped in a blanket made of pigs in a blanket! <laughs> All right. That joke is very old, and I have no idea why it just came out of my mouth, but we're going to keep going. Um, I, uh, it was just Valentine's Day. Blah, who gives a shit? Um, give it up if you were alone and maybe watching. Yeah! Okay, cool. Let's celebrate it. I'm actually really doing really well. Like, I'm finally um, good being single, which is really nice because everyone's like, oh, well, that you know what that means. Like, it's going to happen when you least expect it, right? It's going to happen when you least expect it. Like, okay, mm-hmm, like, right. It's 3 a.m. and I'm still under my couch watching SpongeBob, right? Okay. <laughs> knock, knock. Oh, who is it? It's a guy with a beard and a Taco 12 pack, you know. And he's like... I actually know where the clit is. It's not, it's not a half inch higher than I've been aiming at. Um, <laughs> I just told you a lot about me very succinctly, I think, actually, now that I think about it. Um, I don't know. I think I just want to be in a relationship so I have an excuse to do all the stuff I'm already doing. Because I don't know if you guys know this, but if you like watch 10 hours of Netflix, then eat a bunch of pizza, then have an orgasm by yourself, you're depressed. But if someone else is there, you're in love. (laughs) Whoa, life hack. Find a soulmate. Oh, damn. And see that on a BuzzFeed list? Mr. BuzzFeed. (laughs) Is he here? Okay. Um, Yeah, I've been going, I guess I've been going on some dates. Like, I don't wear a lot of makeup because I don't date men who make enough money to earn a better version of my face. Um... (laughs) (laughs) like make 10k more a year and then I'll contour but until then this is what you're getting Uh, I was thinking about what face I would contour on there because you can do anything these days with makeup I think I would do Nicolas Cage Um, because like that face and this bod can't go wrong also at the end of the night when I'm cleaning it I can be like face off you know That'll just be for me while I'm there. And then I'll wink in the mirror and be like, was that me or John Travolta? (laughs) First face-off joke down. Great. Ten more to go. Uh, Count them off. Count them off. I feel like I'm going to end up with somebody I've known forever, like one of those contests where you win a car by keeping your hand on it the longest. Like Hands on a Hard Body is the name of the documentary. Um... (laughs) 
It'd be like hands on the husk of an alcoholic, but you understand the concept of it. Uh, what do Cameron and Rhea do? They talk to people, right? That's too, I need attention, so I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, should I have kids? Why don't you guys decide right now? And <laughs> Not really. Was that a reflection on me or you? I feel, I feel like I'm offended. <laughs> More vacations, that is true. I'm going on so many already, so <laughs> definitely going on vacations all the time currently. Um, that would be actually refreshing because then I have an excuse for why I never do anything fun. Um, I think I need to figure it out soon because I'm getting older, you know, my body is like, my, my uterus is basically like Adam Sandler at this point, you know? It's like not that long ago, still pumping out the hits, like good egg after good egg. We got like Happy Gilmore, we got Billy Madison, you know, now it's just like coming to Netflix. It's Rob Schneider's The Ovarian Cyst. And you're like, oh God, no. Oh, they're making another one. Oh. And then, you know, Sam's got to have his cameo, right? And he's like, Fallopi on tubes or whatever. That's. You guys know how that goes. Uh, <laughs> there was like a rumor going around uh, a year and a half ago or something that um, uh, Planned Parenthood, uh, uh, plant, is it plant or planned? Plant, 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 plant. Parenthood, there was a rumor going around that they were selling baby parts. That was like a whole thing. And um, I'm here to tell you guys that that rumor is true. Uh, they sold baby parts to me and I made a baby with them. <laughs> He's just my little bundle of arms, you know. <laughs> a lot of people don't like that joke. Um, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah! Is that the person who told me not to have kids? Okay. As many arms as possible. I, I, I agree. Okay. Great. That way, when I go on my vacation, they can row the boats, and I'll just sit back and relax. Um, you know all the, all the rowboating you guys do on your vacations. <laughs> yeah, I, th I just feel like I should have a kid because there's just so many bad people who've had children, you know? I was at the grocery store and there was a guy with like a little eight-year-old son and the guy started singing a song that went a little something like this. Uh, Cut my life into pieces. <laughs> yeah, and then the eight-year-old son said, this is my last resort. And I was like, oh no, oh God. And they kept going. Father-son duet, papa-son duet ensued. If you will. It was like, suffocation, no bleeding, don't give up. And I was like, I have to have kids. I have to have kids. I have to have kids. I have got to, I've got to combat this little human oil spill. Whatever this turns into is not going to be good. Whatever Evanescence baby this thing marries, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I should. But, you know, I, I did uh, stand up for children recently. Um, yeah, exactly. And... It was a summer camp, and, like, I asked the, you know, the guy, I think they were, like, four or five or 12. I don't know ages, but they were whatever. Um, I asked the, the counselor, I was like, can I, like, talk about farts? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, sweet. Got a, got a great one. Not a fart, but a joke, you know. And so I wrote this joke for the kids that when, uh, hey, what did the fart say to the poop? <laughs> Hi, Dad. All right. And uh, teaching the kids a little science, too. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> what did the fart say to the poop? Hi, Dad. So I get up in front of the kids to say my well-crafted joke. You know, hey, kids, what did the fart say to the poop? And this kid yelled out, fart poop! <laughs> so much better than my fucking punchline. So much better. So the kids are taking our jobs, is what I'm fucking saying. That kid just did Conan <laughs> just, with just, only that joke. I'm very happy for him and not bitter. Um, <laughs> yeah, what's in the news, guys? You've been reading the news? Men? Men in the news? Uh-oh. Men in the news. You know what I read? All men are dogs. Uh, all men are dogs. Who let the men out? Woof. <laughs> all men are dogs, uh, which is why I wear peanut butter for lipstick. Um, 
Okay, right, all right. I am, I am, I mean, I am bisexual, but I've mostly dated men. I'm basically like the Michael Jordan of fucking shitty guys named Michael and Jordan, you know? <laughs> I'm a pro. Uh, I kind of, um, yeah, I, you know, every time I've been, I've been single for a while. And every time I go see my doctor, she always says like, you know, are you, are you currently in a relationship? She doesn't say, are you sexually active? Which is what the question should be. She says, are you in a relationship? And so I say no. And she goes, oh, okay, well, let's not worry about birth control then. And I'm like, ooh, let's back up just a little bit here. Uh, <laughs> I'm in like a thing, doctor, you know, it's, it's like one of those things where he texts me at two in the morning and then I drive on a bald tire for 45 minutes. So, <laughs> you know, if you could call him and ask if we're in a relationship. I do have somebody just got really sad or just figured out what that was. Um, I do have kind of like a sad Rolodex of hookups in my phone now, and uh, they're there under weird names, and I have this fear that I'm going to like be in an accident and someone's going to get a hold of my phone to contact somebody, and they're going to end up calling one of those guys, you know, and he'll be like, hello, and they're like, uh, hello, is this Matt Canadian Foreskin? <laughs> and he's like, uh, uh, yes? <laughs> What's this all about? You know. Like, okay, Barbara's been a terrible accent. He's like, you're calling me from crazy Big Areola's phone. I don't know who. <laughs> I'm like, is that, is that she's crazy or the Areola's? Okay. Uh, all right. Matt Canadian Foreskin, crazy Big Areola's has been a terrible accident. We need you to get down to the hospital. She's been very badly burned. If you happen to have like any extra skin that we could graft onto her face. And they're like, oh, what? You actually, you know what? You're off the hook. Uh, Paul, Wisconsin, unusually large scrotum just walked in. So, and that's the movie Face Off. No, okay, uh, 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 okay. Uh, whatever. You guys ready for a great show? That's enough of me. You'll see plenty of me as the show goes on. Your first comedian coming to the stage. I love him so much. I asked him what he wanted me to bring him out to, and he said uh, nothing matters. So, please welcome Mike Kaplan. Barbara Gray, everybody. That's... She's not Cameron or Rhea. I am Cameron and Rhea. What a surprise twist that would be. So, uh, I talk to people, so uh, how are you guys? Okay, good. I'm done talking to you. Uh, uh, fart poop. That was good. Um, I always think of a fart as like the ghost of a poop. Like the, like the, the Holy Spirit to the poop of Jesus. I'm Jewish. I don't know. We didn't learn as, we didn't learn at all about it. Like, like everybody. That's what you, I assume that's what you, water to wine and poop to Jesus. Jesus could turn poop into Jesus. Did you guys know that? You guys turn food into poop, but Jesus could turn poop back to Jesus. So I don't know if this is going to go out for the podcast, but uh, <laughs> I always like to say new things. Uh, it, was, uh, it was Valentine's Day uh, once. There was only one. And uh, I called my grandmother, and uh, she, her husband died years ago. Uh, so I, I said, happy, happy Valentine's Day. I love you. And she said, we don't do Valentine's Day because it's Saint Valentine. She means we Jews. <laughs> I was like, oh, you don't want love if it comes from a saint? She's like, no. <laughs> but then she said a minute later, she said, if your grandfather, when he was alive, ever didn't get me a present, I would have killed him. <laughs> so I'm like, well, this is mixed messages now. I don't know. Did you kill him? <laughs> did he get you a... Did... What happened? She asked me when I'm going to come visit her. Uh, I said, I'm, I'm actually scheduled to come down there and stay with you in the end of April. And she's like, oh, wow, that's two months from now. I might be dead. But your mother has my keys, so uh, that's pretty sweet. There's a, a lot going on in the world, always, uh, so that's always dumb to say. Um, boy, so much, I'm getting older, huh? You know, uh, 
is anyone else also seeming to move through space and time uh, as many as many do? No? Somebody? Just, that'd be weird. That'd be like, that's my new remake of Benjamin Button, is uh, not aging backwards or forwards, just somebody who stays. Just, it, they're like, what, who, how did everybody, you know? What, who, how did everybody? Um, that's the catchphrase of that character. Um so, like, I used to, before t- November 2016, I knew how to answer the question, how are you? That was a pretty easy one for a while. Uh, I would say, so far, so good. That was my answer. How are you? So far, so good. You know, like, I know about the past. It was pretty good. I'm optimistic about the trajectory, you know, but I don't know. I don't want to, I don't guarantee anything. Anything could happen. So far, so good. Now when people are like, how are you? I'm like, life's a rich tapestry. You know what I mean? <laughs> How's everything? Ooh, that's a lot. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm Okay. <laughs> I th- I mean, but I'm also part of everything, and everything's not okay, so am I- what's a question, you know? And then, <laughs> then people leave <laughs> after you say all that. They also agree. But, uh, so that's, there's stuff I want to talk about, you know, real. I don't know what, what com- I, I, I was about to say, I don't know what comedy's for, and that's true, but uh, I know that it's for some people to forget and for other people to engage, and it's hard to do both at once, but I'm, I'm trying. Uh, I'm trying to say important things and also nothing at all. Uh, I'm trying to be silly and serious, you know? Like, here's, because here's what also still happens to me while... I'm trying to deal with the world and how it is, is I think things like this. Like you guys know uh, Bradley Whitford? He's an actor. He was on the West Wing. He's also the father in Get Out. Bradley Whitford, he's a great actor. And when he was on West Wing, I had a buddy who worked on that show as a crew member, and he said that Bradley Whitford, the first season, they all had chairs. All the cast members had chairs with their names on them. But Bradley Whitford said Bradford Whitford. <laughs> And that he didn't say anything about it. He just sat in that chair. He's like, I know this is for me. And, you know, he wasn't a jerk. He was just a cool guy. He just let it go. I wish that, I wish he had said something and then they got everybody else chairs like that instead. There's like, Rob Lowe says, Robo Labo, you know? It's like, Martin Sheen says, just like, Martin Sharton, Martin Machine Sheen, you know what I mean? Like, a mean, lean Martin Sharton machine. And what, like, why is my brain doing that when there's, you know, people are dying? <laughs> I want, I want to help <laughs> uh, with my official comedy skills. <laughs> um, I, uh, if, if for anybody who's not on board already, I'll just give you a couple quick credentials for um, why I, this is why I'm officially funny. I started <laughs> doing comedy in Boston in 2000, early 2000s. In 2005, oh yeah, I went to Boston University. I won a stand-up comedy competition. Oh, thank you guys. I was officially BU's funniest student, which means out of 32,000 people, I was the funniest of the 11 that were in the contest. And uh, 2010, I got to be on Last Comic Standing. Of all the comedians, I came in fifth place. And even better, the guy who came in fourth died, so I'm fourth now. And uh, a funny thing, I, I wish he didn't. I wish I would rather have my friend than that joke. But, uh, and he would have loved the joke. He was, a, he was so funny. He loved dark comedy about death. It would have been amazing. If he was here, then I wouldn't have the joke. But if he was here and he could, it's like the gift of the Magi. The point is, uh, Craig Robinson was the host when I was on Last Comic Standing. And uh, he would come out after we would do our two minutes of comedy, which would get everyone in the country to know who we were completely in two minutes. And then uh, he would come out and say, like, he would look at the teleprompter and it would say, hey, that was Mike Kaplan. Uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back. And because it was the teleprompter, I could read it. So one time I just mouthed it along with him. <laughs> Like we were some kind of Craig Robinson Borg creature, you know what I mean? And uh, then they came out afterwards, and the producers were like, okay, we're going to take that one more time, and Mike, can you not do that? And uh, I was like, but isn't it funnier if I do do that? And they were like, we're not really concerned with what's funnier here. So uh, also, I, I realized at one point in that joke that in the middle of the word Craig Robinson is the word Borg backwards, and like Craig Rob Borg. Bah, but, and I'm, So I'm not saying that there is a God, but I do think that I'm good at things that aren't important. So, uh, in conclusion, um, I also got to be on uh, 2015, America's Got Talent, uh, which is weird for a comedian to compete with your jokes against like how cute a child can sing, you know? Uh, but I was up against like a lady from the circus who shot a crossbow, and she shot a crossbow and hit a target attached to another crossbow, which had another target attached to another crossbow, and that just kept happening for eight, eight times in two seconds, and the final arrow goes into an apple over her own head. 
Yeah. And so the question is, like, am I funnier than that crossbow? You know what I mean? And the answer is we were tied. We both moved on. And she actually didn't show up to the next round. So I hope she's okay. And uh, the final thing I'll tell you is they would try to get get us to, uh, like, answer questions backstage, like in an interview, to get people to know us more than the two minutes. Obviously, that's all that you need to know about a comedian is two minutes worth. But they said, uh, do you think you're the greatest comedian out there? That was a question that I got asked. And it seemed like a trick, so I, I took a minute. Do you think you're the greatest comedian out there? And uh, here's what I said. I said, I do think I'm the greatest comedian in here. <laughs> I pointed at my heart. And they did not use that. So uh, thanks a lot, everybody. Enjoy your lives until death. Welcome back, your wonderful host. I'm supposed to switch out the mic. This is not going as planned. This is a professional comedy show. Everyone, Mike Kaplan, keep it going. Oh, watch, I'm totally going to mix these up, aren't I? This is all on purpose. Okay. For whoever is listening to the podcast at home, just know what I said was so funny that everyone was stunned into silence right there. Um, Mike Kaplan, you got, uh, he was talking about doing things that aren't important, so I'm going to do my Steven Tyler impression for you guys really quick. Okay, here we go. Alright. Um, that wasn't it. Uh, I can stay awake just to hear you breathing. Let you smile while you are sleeping. You're far away and dreaming. I can spend my life in this <laughs> I think the mic's uh, yeah that was just mic check okay alright you guys ready to keep the show going yeah next time I come to the stage you've heard her on the show before she has an album called Intimate Apparel please welcome Riley Silverman keep it going for Barbara Cray guys give it up for her Queen of the seamless transition. <laughs> you guys, I am at a point in my transition where a trace amount of sexism is also really validating for me. <laughs> they don't know how to feel about that. I'm like, because like as a feminist, I'm like, hey, you shouldn't be sexist, but thanks for being inclusive, though. It's really cool of you. <laughs> Got catcalled recently. Guy saw me down the street. He goes, hey, girl, you like music? And I do like music. <laughs> but I also like not being stabbed, so I just kept walking. <laughs> and then his buddy was next to him. He goes, hey, man, that's not a girl. I'm like, I'm going to get stabbed. It's going to be a sad story. <laughs> it's fine. I've survived it. Um, but no, he goes, hey, man, it's not a girl. And then he added, that's a woman. Yeah, that happened. I don't know how to. I don't know how to respond to an affirming cat call. I don't know. There's no text. Like the only thing I could do was just flip my hair and name a shampoo. Like that was. Feria by L'Oreal. Maybe she's born with it, or maybe she had to go to a series of doctors and judges and have herself declared legally female and have her name changed. The banned from the military for some reason that she wasn't asking to join. That's fine. Yeah, I hope other trans people can serve, but I also like that I can't get drafted ever again. That's kind of fun. Uh, I, uh, my hair's where it's at now, which is cool. I, my hair, I, it's, I'll finally wear it. And people, it's like, it's get frizzy, it's whatever, and people will give me advice on it, like what to put in it or whatever. And I never had hair this long before. And then they'll be like, yeah, you just got to put some like anti-frizz or some mousse in there and welcome to being a woman. And I'm always like, oh, was that the thing? <laughs> You're telling me, like, teenage years of angst and sadness could have been erased away by a good Paul Mitchell product. That's cool. <laughs> it's fun to find. I thought there's a lot more to it, than, but you're telling me it's a curl release cream. That sounds fun. <laughs> cool. Some keratin mix. Cool. Let's just do that. 
Why is that always the welcome to being a woman thing? It's always some so, like it's always like a hair thing or like a, oh put nail polish. It's always something. Like, it's never I well, just once because I got news for you, cis women. I've, I'm in. I'm on the team. We're here. I've been. I read the same magazines you did in high school. It's fine. Like I just want one time the welcome to being a woman be, be something I don't already know. I want it to be like welcome to being a woman. Now listen. <laughs> Our only job is to be ready when the elder gods come back. <laughs> Do you have a cloak? You should have a cloak. Your mom should have given you one. She might not if she didn't know. It's fine. We'll figure it out. Do you have a magic wand? I'm like, of course I have a magic wand. I'm a Slytherin. It's fine. <laughs> Take care of that. Dating a lot more, which has been killing it. Actually, I've had a really good year of dating. It turns out that not living a lie is really good for a dating profile. Um, but I've also been dumped a lot more as a result of dating a lot. Like, I have had two major breakups in the last year. Well, I've had two breakups and one ghosting. So I actually might have been cheating on someone for almost a year now, but I don't know. <laughs> she hasn't texted me back, so... It's kind of on her at this point. I feel like so I'm, I'm letting that one go. But I've had two. I had a, a really bad breakup. I, I got dumped last summer. I had a girl that I was dating, and I, a, a woman. I'm a feminist. A, a woman. I was dating her, and we we were going out, and then she broke up with me. And but first, she let me drive to LAX, and then drive her home to Hollywood from LAX the night she dumped me. And it was a premeditated. We didn't have like a fight or anything. We had. I had thought we had a pretty pleasant conversation. She was tired, whatever. We we got back to her place. I dropped her off, hugged her good night, went home, went to bed, and then she called me and said she couldn't see me anymore. Yeah, she used me not for sex or more. She used me for a lift, you guys. And I didn't even get five stars. That's the worst part about it. I'm a good driver. I cat her luggage out, all the stuff. I didn't get it. Yeah, like, only good news about that situation is that now I'm off the hook for giving anybody else an airport ride ever again in my life. <laughs> a friend asked for a ride last week. I was like, no, it's a trigger, and you should know better. Thank you. <laughs> wow, would you bring that up? I was just healing. Other breakup was one that was worse because it was a really good relationship and it, it was one of those ones where like things are feeling really good but just one person's not in the right place right now and you just can't make it work and like you know you break up and you still care for each other a lot and then you have to like let it go and those are always the worst because one of these is definitely lying so it's always, like no it's fine I still care about you but I, you gotta go fly. But she was long distance, and uh, long distance is a tough thing to do. And if you don't know that, be in a long distance relationship and then break up and then ask for sympathy from any of your friends. And they'll all be like, oh, distance is tough. I'm like, oh, is it? Thanks for letting me know. That's cool. That's cool. Like, any hair product tips? Cool. Thanks. Uh, but yeah, so that's the happened that we broke up. But what was weird is before we broke up, I, I didn't think it was going to happen because we had a really good last weekend together when I was visiting her in her town. She lives in Portland. And uh, she gave me a bunch of hickeys the last night we were together. Like a lot of, like more hickeys than anyone's ever given me in my entire life. Which to be fair, before I started dating her was zero hickeys. <laughs> But uh, yeah, we were, we were making out, we were fooling around, she gave me a bunch of hickeys, and then I woke up, and then I, the next morning, I just had, like, you could draw my star sign on my shoulder, and the amount of, like, marks, that like, love bites that I had from this, which is Portland, so it makes sense, they're really into that stuff up there. Uh, but then I had to go to the airport, and I had, like, these giant bruises on my neck, like, it looks like, I'm like, yeah, I have to declare, uh, this is my bag, and a vampire attacked me last night, so, does you have a seat for that? I can't be by the window, it turns out, like, bad things will happen. Um, but then I got back to LA and then she, the next day she dumped me and all the stuff I told you earlier and uh, that happened and then uh, that's not fair because the hickeys hadn't healed yet so for like a week I had to walk around as a literal metaphor for my own pain where I was like yeah here I, here's my actual scar tissue from my heart being broken if you want to take a look at it right there also I was just like yeah I don't think you should be allowed to break up with me if you're still digesting me alright thank you guys very much I'm Rowley Silverman thank you Silverman, keep it going. Still digesting me. Yeah, is that, I think hickeys are still cool. Does that make me 13? Do you, who thinks hickeys are cool? Okay, great. I heard a woo over there. Yeah? Y'all wooing? All right, I want everyone to go out tonight after this and 
Don't give a hickey to anyone. Never mind. This is a terrible idea. All right, all right. Uh, I, I rescind my thing. Is anybody uh, visiting from out of town here from a different place that's not Los Angeles? All right. Who, the loudest person. Where are you from? They're from Massachusetts. Springfield, Mass. They're from Massachusetts? Oh, you brought, you brought your friends and then they were shy after they yelled? I know nothing about Massachusetts, so congratulations. Okay. Uh... <laughs> I told you, I'm not as good at talking to people in the audience as Cameron and Rhea are. Um, okay, what about someone else? Another person. Sao Paulo. Sao Paulo, Brazil? Cool. I, I, that sounds fun. <laughs> <laughs> is it, how long have you been here? Um, four days. Four days? So how is it so far? Is it, is it Hollywood, baby? You're in Hollywood. Oh, did you, what'd you do in Vegas? Oh. <laughs> Let me guess, it stayed there? Okay. Uh, you either regret what happened or you don't remember, which means you had a great trip to Vegas. Did you see Magic Mike live? No. Oh, man, you, you didn't go to Vegas then. Um, you guys, I don't know if you have heard of Magic Mike live, but uh, it's the reason I can never get married because I've been there. Um, on ecstasy on stage and let me tell you what after that nope I'm not I'm not telling vows to some schlubby TV writer that's not happening I have I, there's no way I'm not making sure he took his lactate before the, it's not gonna happen I touched I mean I was across the most beautiful man I'll ever see and he said he whispered in my ear do whatever you want Even I couldn't understand what he said because I was very high but Anyway, go see Magic Mike live. Okay, um, your next comedian coming to the stage <laughs> is um, uh, one of my favorite people. He's the reason I've been able to do mushrooms a lot. Not that he sold them to me. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> he did not do that. Erase it. Take this off. Uh, he has a show coming out on TBS called The Dress Up Gang. He's so funny. Please welcome Corey Lukasik. <laughs> Hey, Barbara Gray, everybody. I didn't sell him to her, I gave him to her. He's a nice guy. I'm glad she put that mushroom thing in, because I was like, don't talk about Magic Mike and then bring me out. Because you know you're going to subconsciously be kind of like, oh, maybe there's someone kind of... I'm excited to be here. I never thought I'd uh, be a comedian. I always thought, uh, when I was a kid, my dream job was to be a, uh, a garbage man. Because I thought they only had to work one day a week. It's like Tuesdays, 6 in the morning, a little early. A little early. I could probably do that. Probably swing out. I hope I, I feel okay so far, but I, I was pretty nervous. I ate at a restaurant today. I had a B-minus food rating. How low would you go? I was going to judge, and I was like, you know, maybe I should learn what they would grade my kitchen at home first before I go around judging everyone else's kitchen. Mine's not an A. There's no way. I have a blender. You don't clean that thing. <laughs> Not fully. I'm going to use it again tomorrow. Same fruit. What's a little gunk? There's nothing wrong with a little gunk at the bottom. Uh, I've been watching too many documentaries. i got to move for this one. Too many documentaries. Saying to someone else. I've been wasting too much time, I think. From now on, I, I realize I'm just going to start trusting the description. You know, I watch Blackfish, and the description's like, SeaWorld, they treat the killer whale so poorly. And then you watch it for two hours, and I was like, yeah, that's pretty much nailed it in the description right there. I don't know if I needed to watch that whole movie. I'm going to trust every description on Netflix, now. I'm going to be so smart. They're like, the meat industry, it's so fucked up. Watch this movie. No, I'll just be a vegetarian. Thank you. Didn't know. Trust in everybody, dude, from now on. Friend comes up, hey, did you see the 13th? No, I didn't see it. What's it about? It's fucked up, dude. The prison system's super racist, really fucked up. I'm like, really? Fuck! <laughs> Fucking pisses me off. Oh, you saw it? No, wait, you saw it, right? You're not lying to me. That's what happened? Fuck! <laughs> Don't trust anybody if they go watch a documentary after you, trust, after you tell them about it. If you're like, hey, I saw Blackfish. They're like, dude, that sounds crazy. I'm going to go. I'm gonna go check out that movie. I'm like, no, hold up. I just told you about it. Don't go to SeaWorld. That's all you need to know. 
Do you trust me? Why are you watching the movie? That was my documentary bit, dude. I was. It's a lot of stuff there. Internet's changing our lives. I don't know if you knew that, but um, really in a lot of different ways. One underrated. How would you know how big your dick is supposed to be before the internet? It's a, it's a big thing for us to take on as guys. No one had to worry about that before. Nowadays, 5.5 to 6.5 inches, depending on the website, right? We all know. 3.5 flaccid, we know. We know what it's supposed to be. Back in the day, you just like, maybe you got dressed in the locker room. You're like, oh, it's bigger than Kevin's. Not as big as John's. Oh, I guess I'm average. There we go. There's no other part of your body that, like how big is your kneecap supposed to be, do you know? I got no idea. Your femur, it's your dick. 6.5 to 5.5 inches, um, four inches around, four and a half inches circumference. You know everything about that. You know, crazy thing. A lot, of, a lot of guys in this room, someone in this room has the biggest dick out of everybody. Isn't that crazy to think about? Someone in this room has the biggest dick ever. Somebody's girlfriend just gave them a big squeeze on the hand when I told them that. And if they didn't, you're like, really? No chance? Yeah. I had a crazy thing happen recently. I, uh, I broke up with this girl I was seeing, and, uh, or she broke up with me, but I was there, so we broke up, I think it's fair to say. And I went to this bar, and... Uh, and I was just, I was sad, you know, when I got drunk, I was by myself, and I met this girl, and we went back to her apartment, and we started fooling around, and I, and for the first time in my life, I couldn't, I couldn't get it up. And it freaked me out, I was like, what the fuck is going on? I was like, oh, do I have low testosterone? Do I have low T? Tell me I don't have fucking low T. <laughs> and I couldn't figure it out, and then I was like, oh, I know why it's not working. It's because I'm sad. But I was kind of excited because I was like, because that was never an excuse my dick would take in the past. Sad. You sad? Get the fuck up, sad. Get the fuck in there. Sad? Shit, well, I wouldn't get to be sad. Get the fuck. But somehow, like at 33, I felt mature. I was like, damn, there you go. It's like my dick grew up. Like, it like developed a conscience, a soul, you know? Like, like for the first time, my dick walked into a situation. It was like, No. no, 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 I don't like that. That's not Ashley. My balls are like. Just picture balls with guns, like henchmen, like. I've been trying to drink less. You don't need a drink to have fun, but. Sometimes it's good to look like you're drinking, and then it's a lot of fun. Lately, I've been carrying a martini glass just watering around my neighborhood. <laughs> Who's a fun guy now? Just the glass. Walk up to the bus up. Hey, what time's the bus come? Five minutes? Hey, cheers, guys. Hey, cheers. <laughs> but doing drugs different when I do them? I uh, used to do drugs at festivals and parties when I was doing something really fun. And then I would make that thing way more fun. But I was like, well, that's a waste. I was already having fun. So now I've been doing drugs when I'm having a really bad time, and I just make it okay, you know? Like, recently I did ecstasy on the bus up to Oakland. And it was all right, you know? But that ride used to suck. And drugs are, can be good. I, it's a good way to connect. We should talk about mushrooms. I love... I love mushrooms, and they really help you connect to other people. I, that uh, girl I talked about a little while ago that I was seeing, um, we actually use that as a tool in our relationship a lot to understand each other. Like she, for her, her emotions were so strong, they'd be like real things we had to deal with, you know? And it was hard for me to understand that. Like, we'd be getting ready to go out somewhere and, she, you know, go to a concert with friends, and she'd be like, you know what, actually, um, I don't actually think I want to go. And I'd be like, well, everyone's here, we got the tickets, we got the, what are you talking about? She's like, I just don't feel like going. I didn't get it. Her friends would swoop in. What's going on? You don't know. Well, she doesn't have to know. She doesn't have to know. We're not going. We're not going. Girls, we're not going. She doesn't feel like going. I would be so confused until I did mushrooms for the first time. <laughs> and me and my friends were out in the woods, just the dudes going in. And then, and then we came up on this fork in the trail. 
And I just looked down that way and I was like, I can't go down that trail. <laughs> I was like, Mark, I can't do it, dude. And he was like, what's up? Guys, hey, hold up, what's up? Corey doesn't want to go down the trail. He doesn't know and he doesn't have to know. Come on, come on. And they were so supportive for me. I was just like, they came out, they're all, put your hand on my chest. There you go, put your hand on my chest. Put your head on my chest, feel my breathing, feel my heart. We're all connected. Let's get closer to the ground. Let's get closer to the ground. Closer to the ground. We don't need to be up high. Feel that. Did you know trees talk to each other underneath the ground? Yeah. Let's just get real down here. Guys, everyone get down here. Oh, look at that. We don't need to go down a trail. Everything's right here where we need it. Everything's right here where we need it, huh, guys? Just a little love. And Anyway, I went on like that for about 45 minutes. And... Uh... That's all part of a book I'm writing. It's called Women Are on Mushrooms, Men Are on Cocaine. And um, pick it up. All right, thank you guys very much. Corey Lekasek. He won't be in Magic Mike Live, but he will be in Mushroom Mike Live, where you just watch him draw a horse for 10 hours. It's great. Was that good, guys? Yeah! I feel great about that joke I just made up two seconds ago. Um, oh, yeah, he's talking about drinking. I've been doing... Uh, I've been trying to um, drink uh, more. It's going great. Um, I've been doing the opposite of AA. The opposite of AA is where you get super wasted and then find everyone who's ever wronged you. <laughs> you know, step nine. Like, how about you make some amends, motherfuckers? <laughs> Highly recommend it, you guys. Tonight, I go out, don't get, don't give anyone a hickey, but do, okay. Don't do any, never take my advice ever for the love of God. Uh, your next coming coming to stage, you can take his great transition. Again, look at me. Really doing great at this host spot. I would like you all to write in and tell them to have me host again. What's going on? Uh, <laughs> Uh, he's been on Conan. He has a podcast called Don't Ever Change. You're going to see him right now. John Roy! Ah, good to be here. I like this part of town. Uh, I live not too far from here. Uh, I moved to, I'm not really sure. I did When I moved there, I'm like, I don't know. I'm on Normandy in Hollywood. And I was like, are we... In Thai town, like that sign says, or are we in Little Armenia, like that sign says? And my friend goes, actually, you're in Los Feliz adjacent. What a horrible name for a neighborhood. How low self-esteem is that name? That's like if your name was I Know Dan. That's how bad that is. I used to live in West Hollywood. I lived there for four years because I always wanted to live in a lunatic asylum in the gay part of Moscow. <laughs> and I got my wish. It's funny, people are always like, Trump could not have colluded with the Russians. I'm like, I lived in West Hollywood for four years. I colluded with all kinds of Russians. If you colluded with the right Russian, you could get Red Bull for two bucks. <laughs> Good colluding in WeHo. Uh, I go to downtown LA way more than I ever used to, and I think downtown is the perfect mixture of things that are kind of getting better and things that are still pretty awful. You're like, hey, they got a Whole Foods. Hey, that guy's dead. But I do love Los Angeles. I appreciate how diverse it is because I'm from Chicago, which is not diverse at all. It's a segregated city you know where you are the lines are sharp there's a train station called roosevelt and when the train going north pulls into roosevelt there are no white people on that train six stops later you could lead a cold place sing-along <laughs> and everyone would nail it and not just clocks either like the deep cuts but L.A. is, like, amazingly diverse. Like, my wife and I were the only white people in our row at Ira Glass. Like, that's <laughs> incredible. <laughs> if you're at the Laugh Factory on a Thursday, the audience is literally 20 white people, 20 black people, 20 Hispanics, and 20 Asians. It's like four colleges had a reunion of the people on the brochure cover. It, 
is incredible. And I appreciate that because I go to a lot of cities as a stand-up that are not diverse at all, like Cedar Rapids, Iowa, and Des Moines, Iowa, and really everywhere in Iowa. And I don't feel comfortable there around those... And look, I I need to preface this. First of all, I know I'm white. It's not because I don't know I'm white. I'm clearly white. I'm not Rachel Dolezal. I understand that I am a white man. And I'm not just white. Like, I can't fool anybody. Like, I have super bad on Blu-ray. Like, I know what's... I know why the Uber driver switches to the killers when I get in the car. And I don't mind, like, a small town where everyone's white and then nobody else moved there. Like, that makes sense. I'm talking about, like, cities that people moved to in order to be in the city where they could get a job, but that had only white people in it. And I don't feel comfortable around those people. I don't like their activities. I don't like their rituals. And I know that as white people, we take a lot of shit for cultural appropriation, for taking other people's art and music and food. And that is bad. In theory. (laughs) But you don't really want to see the shit we come up with on our own. You ever been to a dueling piano bar? If you haven't, that's where two 45-year-old white men go head-to-head on piano and music loses. And I know that black people play piano too, but they play piano songs that are supposed to be piano songs the way they were written. They don't add a second piano to a first piano to a song that was supposed to have no piano whatsoever. And they don't make piano arrangements of Baby Got Back. That is just us. That's it. They play requests at these places, and a lot of them are hip-hop songs, so they tried to do that. And it sounds like like your music teacher from high school rapping over the do-do-do-do-do-do Mario music. That's... It's whiter than an underhanded free throw that misses. (laughs) Speaking of music that white people like, when did Hollywood just become a place to put up EDM billboards? When did that happen? Because every block now is a version of the same exact billboard. They're all for these parties in Vegas in these clubs. And every billboard is this like driver's license photo shot of a maybe Dutch guy who's not happy. I don't understand. They look miserable. They're, these are for parties in Vegas. And the guy's like, mm, come to my party. He looks like they just told him they were going to have to amputate. He's like, fine, just cut it off. Come to my party. (laughs) Meanwhile, this is a party in Vegas. Why is he miserable? When across the street is a billboard of a personal injury lawyer, and he looks like he's in Vegas. He's like, the whole family? Fuck yeah! (laughs) EDM is very white, and that is weird, because it used to be music that black people made. It was called house music. And yeah... And then white people started playing it, and we fucked it up so bad that the black people were like, we don't want this shit anymore. You guys just do whatever you need to do with it. But could you change the name? At least just change the name. The biggest group in EDM music is a group called the Chainsmokers. And as far as I can tell, they are chain-smoking mayonnaise. This is the whitest band of all time. Even Steely Dan is like, these guys are pretty white. Like, and look, I know white people write songs, and they're white songs, and there's nothing wrong with that, but these guys are like 80s, 90s cartoon movie villain white. Like, like if Shooter McGavin wrote songs. Like that's. First of all, they look like if Jared Kushner and Donald Trump Jr. got keyboards for Christmas. But where the whiteness really shines the most is in the lyrics, right? You know there's that one Kendrick Lamar song where he's wondering what would have happened if his father was shot by his manager in a stick-up that really happened before he was born? Well, the worst thing that happens in a Chainsmokers song is that the girl bought a Range Rover that she might not be able to make the payments on. The second single is even whiter than the first single. The second Chainsmokers single, these are really the lyrics of the song. Number one, we were staying in Paris already, alienate half the world that can't afford to go there. And the second line, to hide from your parents. What? That's like double white in one line. Because first of all, 
Hi, they're afraid of their parents, which is a white thing, because that's what you're afraid of when you're not afraid of your neighborhood or the government or policemen. You're like, well, we could be afraid of mom. That... And second of all, they're hiding from their parents in Paris, France. These parents have global reach. This is like Elon Musk's kids or something. Like, they're like, remember, we tried hiding in the Hamptons, but it didn't work. Mother showed up anyway. Only parents will do. It is whiter than an underhanded free throw that misses through a Snapchat filter from Starbucks in Utah. And I'm John Roy Comic on Twitter and Instagram. Enjoy the rest of your night. Good night. Keep it going for John Roy. <laughs> All right. I'm going to keep the show moving along. Now, your next queen coming to the stage, she has a special on Adult Swim called Soft Focus that you can check out right now. Please welcome to the stage, Jenna Friedman. <laughs> Jenna Friedman. I think she just said she jerks off in the woods. Is that what... Uh, all right, you guys, are you ready for your final comedian of the night? You have got, come on, give me some love here. Get over the love. All right. Very special guest. Please welcome Ali Wong. Ali Wong! Definitely did not have any horrible comedian sex flashbacks during that joke, so. We're doing great. You guys, that has been Put Your Hands Together. Thank you so much for coming out. Give it up for yourselves and all the comics. I'm Barbara Gray. Uh, we'll see you next week. We're here every Tuesday. Have a good Put night. Put your hands together. 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 Get ready to laugh. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Get ready to clap. Your hands together. Put your hands together. This is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season three has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, season three is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Fake nuts. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I mean, Jazos. <laughs> ruler of the eighth circle. And that's just the beginning. Season three of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.